MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And also, don't forget to download the SGPN app. We are giving away $500 in our NFL Draft Props Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest tab in the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome back, or, or for the first time, to the, what is this, I was almost called us the MLB, but no, that's somebody else, the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm going to say this is episode 136, question mark, now nah, we'll go with episode 136, period, that, that's what it is. Um, let's dedicate this one to referee Mike Beltran for making my co-host's underdog dreams come true, and him hitting his pick over the weekend, so good on you, Mike Beltran, so. Um, thanks for coming to the podcast. I would be your host. Um, oh, I, I uh, almost forgot my nickname here. I do have a nickname, as per usual. I am the Dagestan Milk Stomper, Jeff Fox. Uh, thanks for coming to the show. Um, we got a packed episode for you here. Um, we're going to recap a big weekend in MMA, actually a very big weekend in, in women's MMA. Um, all three of the main shows of the weekend were headlined by female fighters, so um, Kudos to all the organizations for that. Um, so we're going to recap that. And then we got just some, since you're all the gems and you want the uh, the picks, you need action on every event. We've got some um, some juicy picks for you for PFL, which is coming up on, it looks like it's running Thursday again this week, but normally it's a, a Wednesday thing. So we're going to crack right into that. Um, for those, maybe, maybe for, for those of you who are just joining the podcast, you haven't listened to this podcast before. Um, hope you all know like the old uh, trope in cartoons where you have uh, um, a character has a angel on one shoulder, a devil on the other. That's kind of like how this podcast works. Um, I, Jeff Fox, would be the angel on your shoulder, doing you good, giving you all the picks that get you in the money. And then the devil on your other shoulder, that'll be my co-host. He, he did you dirty again um, this weekend, but... I guess he's been an angel enough in the past that we'll forgive him, but let's bring him into the show and see what kind of excuses he has for this week. His name is Daniel Gumby Breland. Hello. So first of all, I was, I was really curious when you said there was going to be the devil and the angel. I was really <laughs> curious of which one you were going to make me. Because I, I devil, think you, obviously. I, but, the, but I think you sometimes enjoy being the shale son and bad guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know if I was going to get to be the angel for that. And I will also say this. You, you said I did them dirty. Uh Positive number in recommended plays and a Bellator underdog for you. I don't know. Three and zero with Bellator. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure what's more you you need from me. 
exactly. What more do you want from him? Dan um, is very good at cherry picking, finding the silver lining in his in his failures, which is good. It, good way to live. So, um, yeah, I'm too good right now to be the devil, Dan. So you're gonna have to you have to have the horns at least for the next little while in the pitchfork. I'll, I can live with that. I'll be all right with that. But it is balmy up here, so I could be the devil. It's it's finally in the um, MMA Gambling Podcast Northern Studios. It's finally hot. I think uh, in your American degrees, it, would, it was about 80 today, which is pretty wild for a April day since we had snow last week. 80 degrees up there. That is yeah. substantially warmer than down here, and I also like that you called it American degree. <laughs> yes. Well, the rest of the world uses Celsius, so come on. You guys yeah. That's true, but, but but we we like being different. That's true, it is true. Um, so yeah, did you enjoy the fights this weekend, or was it was it? Um, I think I might have just enjoyed it because I was winning all my picks. But um, was I being biased, or, or did you have fun watching the fights this weekend? So they they were pretty exciting. I would say, I, I don't know. I was pretty bummed out that Romanoff got pulled. I, oh I was, yes, he lost the trusty really, guy. Right. Yeah. 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 So. What's the story? Uh, have, have you heard any any dirt, Dan, on why Chase Sherman pulled out last minute, uh, like super I, last minute? I, uh, I I am not sure what happened, but I also will say uh, that I I heard that they're rebooking it for next weekend, so it can't okay. be anything too serious, right? Yeah, or or no failed tests or anything like that. So okay, right, that's right. Good. That's good. All right. Um, yeah, because we um. That was easy, easy money. Maybe the, the books will forget who Romanov is and, and they'll give us a juicy line. Probably not, but hey, the guy can I think I saw it post I think I saw it posted <laughs> at negative twelve hundred. <laughs> oh, it's even worse. Good. It's even worse than it was. Good to hear. And, and we also lost uh Manal, uh since we recorded Manokop and um and the my underdog pick, Sue Moderji or Moderji Sue. Uh, that fight fell through too. So we lost little guys and big guys. It was uh it was it was carnage, chaos. We ended up with eleven fights instead of thirteen, so too bad. And that was that was one of my recommended plays too. Was Manel exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's what saved Dan's bacon his this week is he, he didn't lose the Manel cap pick. So that would have been another forty bucks down the tubes for you. So anywho, I hope they booked that fight again. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, all right. So let's actually dive right into it and recap um, the three events we gave you picks for: um, two Bellators and a UFC. Um, for the weekend, all headlined by women, which I didn't really clue in until I was listening to um, those Irish guys, uh, Severe MMA, and, and um, Sean Sheehan mentioned. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't, which probably is a good thing. I, I didn't. It's not even a uh, an odd thing that um, every event was was headlined by a woman, but that was the case. So we got those, and then we're going to get you picks for PFL, but only for the featherweights because. Secretly, Dan must hate chunky guys. He always claims that he loves chunky guys, but he doesn't want to make any picks for chunky guys. So we'll, we'll get into that. But first, win bet. We got to get into the win bet first. Make sure you get down on the wins bet. Ten dollars win two hundred dollars promotion, where a ten dollars bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. Plus, the win bet casino is offering one hundred percent deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a twenty dollars free bet. When they win, lose, or push a three-plus leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday to Saturday, players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. 
must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. In the NFL, it's NFL draft season. NFL never sleeps. Um, and, of course, SGPM, we have another contest. We're giving away another 500 bucks of Gumby's money in our NFL draft props contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest tab in the SGPN app, which you should download. It's a great app. Winner take all, 500 bucks out of Gumby's pocket. That, that, stick it to him for, for giving you crappy picks. Also, Coors Light. We're brought to you by Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Non-cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refresh- refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Hockey team? Hmm. I don't think, I think they mean the mountains, I'm guessing. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Here's the important part. When I need to take a second to, for myself, I reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. I was celebrating on the weekend. And Dan, he's, like I said, he's picking his, his spots to celebrate, and he had a few things to celebrate. Let's, let's get into that first. Bellator. Um, on the weekend, they had two events from Hawaii. Um, wasn't a very good weekend for the Hawaiian fighters, um, but it was, it was a pretty good weekend for, for the fights. Um, Friday night, um, the main event was... Juliana Velasquez defending her flyweight championship against Liz Carmouche. Liz Carmouche finally wins herself a championship. She didn't have a championship in any promotion, which is a kind of astonishing thing that we figured out uh, on last episode. But that is no longer the case. Uh, she is the champion of Bellator. Um, she won TKO uh, elbows from Crucifix 447 into round four, a very controversial stoppage because she really wasn't inflicting much damage on Juliana Velasquez. As maybe my biased uh, co-host will, will have uh, a different view on that, but uh, because he had Carmouche at plus 160, uh, this was fight Velasquez was clearly winning. Maybe Carmouche won the first round, but Velasquez had had uh, taken the second, the third, was doing pretty good in the fourth until she got herself crucifixed. So basically. If anyone's to blame, I guess she should blame herself for getting herself in that position. But um, the majority, I haven't heard anyone saying that that was a good stoppage. Maybe Dan will. Let's see. So let, let me first start here. Uh, Velasquez actually did win the first round on every single judge's okay. scorecard. So she was up. you think she did, though? Uh, I mean, like, that, that first round stopped the score, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so first of all, she was up 3 nothing. Second of okay. all, do I think it was a good stoppage? Not necessarily, but here's what I will say about the stoppage is that was she doing the damage that should have allowed Mike Beltran to step in there and call it? No, but I would also say the way Velazquez moved underneath almost prompted Mike Beltran to stop it. Like if you watch her all during the the first bunch of elbows or the first bunch of strikes or whatever you want, you want to call what she was throwing. She was moving her head side to side. She was taking most of the punches off, like, the side of her forehead or the, the yeah. temple. or And she was she was looking like she was trying to turn her body. And then she lays herself flat, essentially, takes two in a row off the forehead. And I don't know if it looks like she's trying to do, like, a backbender or something like that. But, like, 
all of a sudden her eyes go upwards and and I don't think she was actually hurt or anything like that. I think she just decided to try to move in a different way. But if you look at it in isolation and, and like you don't know what happens to her afterwards, it does actually look like she took a little bit of abuse there. And then like obviously as soon as you know Carmouche lets her go, you're like, oh yeah, no, she was definitely fine and and there was nothing wrong. But like I, I think the way she moved almost prompted Beltran to stop it, and that's that's not to say it's a good stoppage, but like Beltran was you know I think he was doing what he should be doing, which is like looking for any signs of impairment and. Like suddenly not moving and taking the the shots off the forehead instead of the side of the head, um, well, you know, probably doing the same amount of damage. That change, I think, to me, I, again, it's not a good stoppage, but I, I at least understand what he was doing. It's a tough job, regardless. So, um, it's too bad Carmouche has this hanging over her now. It's kind of like uh, the Aljamain Sterling uh, victory when he became champ. Um, sounds like we're going to run it back, so maybe she can pull Aljamain Sterling and. And win more convincingly, um, even though on paper this, that looked like a convincing win when you say you, you won via TKO elbows from Crucifix, but uh, maybe she, she can win more uh, convincing next time and, and uh, everyone will get off her back that way because it wasn't her fault. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. The ref decided to stop it. Any other fights worthy of speaking of on the first night? Did you watch anything else that was, that was awesome other than guys pretending they got uh, kicked in the crotch when they didn't really? We're gonna we're gonna talk more about getting kicked in the crotch later, but no, for for right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, for right now, we don't need we don't need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> we don't need to talk. All right, second night, um, no controversy in the main event, um, and Dan hit this one too. Both of his picks, he got plus one sixty um, for the Carmouche win, um, and then a very nice uh, minus eight ninety nine, I think, is what we had you at for the other uh, for the cyber fight. <laughs> That, that didn't look like a minus 900 fight, though. Um, Arlene Blankow hung in there for all five rounds of the fight. Um, it was never in doubt. Cyborg got knocked out balance a couple times, which was rare for her. And she got hit a few times, which was rare for her. But um, fight was never um, never in question. Um, is Cyborg, is she not the, the machine that she used to be now? Is she not the wood chipper that um, spits everyone out? I'm not sure because she... Uh, Arlene Blankow, she's a fine fighter, but she's no world beater, and she hung in there, and wasn't the fight wasn't even really close to being stopped at any point. Yeah, well, I would say this. It's always tougher to stop a fighter in their second go-round with you, especially when yeah. it was their last fight, too. Like, we've seen that a few times with uh, with Rose Namajunas going out and finishing Ioanni on Jacek and Weili Zhang, and then, like, they make adjustments based on, you know, the, the big shots, and it's hard to land that big shot twice. So, I, you know, I, it's a little easier for Cyborg, too, because she's big and strong, and she goes and finishes yeah. in multiple different ways. She subbed Blankow, like, she she could have done that again, I guess, but like Blankow made some adjustments and looked all right in there, but uh, it is what it is. I also just want to throw this out here too. For for anybody who's like pissed that like Bellator doesn't get the love it needs to, or like Bellator champions should be treated the same way as UFC champions. And I know that's not everybody out there, but there are people who are like, Bellator champions are just as impressive and some of them could be UFC champions. Do you want to know what one-way ticket to never being considered the number one promotion? Make sure your champions, after every single title fight they win, they call out a champion in a different organization. They're not, <laughs> yep. they're not calling out anybody in your company because they know your company is, is second rate. Uh, so Cyborg calling out uh, Amanda Nunes again. Like, you, you could have 
you could have left the organization and gone and fight her again, right? Like, that that was on the yeah. table. You could have done it. She calls her out. Uh, Pitbull calling out Volkanovski. Um, we had AJ McKee talking about Volkanovski even before that fight. Like, we got Corey Anderson talking about how he'd beat Glover. And, like, if you feel like you're the best in the world, just call out some people in your division and want to prove it more. And, like, say not say that, like, you need to go prove it in the UFC. Yep, it's true. You shouldn't even mention the competition, basically. Um, but that's pretty much been Cyborg's uh, MO all throughout her career, except when she actually was in the UFC. That's true. Yeah, like she, yeah. she's always looking for – she she really likes the payday she's getting from the company she's in, but also like she is yeah. a, a competitor in all senses of the word, and she really wants yeah. to prove that she's the best. She just yeah. chooses to not fight for the organizations that would seemingly let the general public believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see Cyborg UFC happening again. So um, even though her contract's coming up soon, but – the um, kind of oil and water, those those two when they were together. Uh, anything else from the event you want to speak of, Dan? It, it was a much, much uh, better card than, than the night before. No, I, I think you nailed it. There you go. But second-rate promotion doesn't get more, more attention than that from us, right? No, they, they don't need to <laughs> either. Like, it, there were some, some terrible fights. Like you said, one guy got a TKO because the other guy faked a nut shot. Like, what? <laughs> yep. That's totally Bellator. But, hey – we got a totally Bellator coming up soon. The very first fight on the UFC card was totally Bellator competitor, <laughs> competitors and totally Bellator finish. So um, we're going to get to that in a sec. First, Athletic Greens. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. What's an adaptogen again, Dan? It helps you adapt. Right. Right, and it also helps you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things you're looking for from a supplement. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional habit. Uh, daily nutritional insurance, excuse me. Uh, IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online and using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your health? Your health, your privacy. Oh boy, Dan. Aye, aye, aye. Let's try that again. IP Vanish, I, everybody. It doesn't help your health either. It might not help your health. <laughs> No. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy or your health? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. 
OpiVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Bell, uh, not Bellator. The second rate organization we're done with. It's the UFC. UFC fight night. Lemos versus Andrade went down as well last night from the UFC Apex. Um, main event. Um, I wasn't surprised who won because I picked her, but um, we got our first standing arm triangle choke. Jessica Andrade just tanked her way into uh, into it and got herself a standing arm triangle choke. Only 313 into the first round. I hit this pick. Dan had the underdog, Lemos. Um, didn't see it going this way, but hey, I'll, I'll take uh, my minus 239 uh, win here. Yeah, and, and I think what we broke it down, I'd say, to like Andrade early in a fight is, is possible here. I think I liked Amanda Lamosh the longer the fight went, and it didn't go very long. Uh, but I will say she looked really good on the feet, didn't she? Yep. Uh, yep. I, I mean, like the leg kicks were there. She looked like she was destroying Jessica Andrade's front leg. Um, Andrade didn't get the takedown she needed, so she got the submission standing instead. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lamos looked good. I just think ultimately, like, it didn't work out for her that it could go deeper. But I think the work she was putting into the legs and to the body, I, I think ultimately that probably would have paid off in the long run if there was a long run. But, uh, yeah, with Jessica Andrade, you never know. That's a coin flip. Yeah, she's still got a future, I think, in this in this part for sure. Lamos uh, looked looked just fine. Um, you don't expect to get standing arm triangle choke. So have you ever won a, a match that way, Dan? I've gotten an arm triangle choke from the bottom, uh, but I've never, but I've never, yeah, but I've never gotten a standing one. So, um, Aljamain Sterling actually has one in the UFC from the bottom as well. Um, I can't remember who he got with that. And then you can also see the other Gumby, my namesake, uh, Jeremy Horn got a arm triangle from the bottom on Chuck Liddell, put him out cold. There you go. Um, what are we doing with Andrade now, Dan? Man, you you got to imagine she's got to have one of the top women in the strawweight division, right? Like, I know we talked about before, Marina Rodriguez seems like she's punched a title shot, but, like, the timing. Who? Marina Rodriguez. Who? Marina Hodhiguez. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's good. She's good. Yeah, Marina Hodhiguez uh, was, is, like, right there for a title shot. But with, like, how long it is taking Rose Namajunas, Carla Esparza to get here, plus how infrequently Rose fights, there's a chance Hadigas fights again. And if it is, she does, like, this would make sense. If not, maybe Mackenzie Dern? Um, like, either of those two matchups would work for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, watch other of them. That's good booking, Dan, good booking. Um, we nailed the second one. Totally nailed the second one. It was it was awesome to watch too. Claudio Puelas minus one ten. Somehow we it was basically a pick 'em fight, and we wondered why, but but we took it. Um, Barry, he he was just incredible on the ground. Um, we said if Clay Guida decided to take him down, he was going to get in trouble, and Clay Guida took him down and was in trouble numerous times. A super quick, slick uh, knee bar three hundred one into the first round. You're the grappling nerd. You uh, you can break it down. I mean, it was uh, – so, first of all, that's his third knee bar, which is yep. pretty – it's pretty wild. Uh, but so the other, fast on the ground. 
he's fast on it, but also, like, it's really interesting the way he attacks them. So a, a lot of guys, when they attack leg locks, make it really clear they're attacking leg locks. Um, but he, like, waited until this transitional moment where he kind of almost let Clay Guida pass the position he was in and attacked as he passed and, like, basically took his attention off of his legs, which is really smart to, to add that little bit of misdirection because not a lot of people, you know, allow you to be on their legs for any extended period of time. So when you go for them, they see it, they stuff it, they punch you in the head. Uh, he doesn't allow that. And plus... The fact that, like, a knee bar is a little bit harder to get punched in the head during versus, like, a heel hook where they can sort of just bend at the knee and throw a right hand right to your your brain. So it, it's both smart in the types of submissions he's attacking, the moment, the misdirection. Like, the guy, since going to Sanford MMA, has just been incredible. You have to imagine with five in a row now and in, in three against some really decent competition and, and Clay Guida being probably the feather in the cap here is he's got to be pretty close to the top 15. I mean, I don't think I'll put him in my top 15, but like he's at least nipping at the the heels of those guys. He's so, so fun to watch too. Um, especially since we, um, we had that pick. So yeah, very, um, very good win for him. Um, so Clay Guida, is he getting resigned? That was the last fight on his contract. I, I don't see any reason why they should let him walk unless it's a, uh, a money issue, but, um, like fan favorite, he hasn't really shown horrible decline. Like he, he's not getting destroyed in fights or anything like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like that his contract ran out because um, that seems like a bad sign to me. Yeah. Like I, I feel like they would have uh, snatched it back up. Maybe they were hoping Puella should do exactly this and they could lowball him um, and not give him a raise yeah. or even give him a price reduction. I, I don't know that Guido wants to go elsewhere um, to fight. But I'd say this, and I don't, I don't mean to disparage the lightweight division of the organization I'm about to talk in. Would it surprise you if Clay Guido won PSL's lightweight tournament? Sure. Yeah, those things are kind of made for his type of fighter, right? Wrestlers, like yeah, grind, out, grind out wins. Yeah, and and I just think he's kind of the yeah, like you said, he's like the right crew for that. And look, he'd he'd have to fight. You know, Jeremy Stevens, who I think he'd beat, or Clay Collard, or Roush Manfio, and, like, you know, those guys are tough, but, like, man, like, I I do think he could at least hold his own in that crew, and, like, like you said, he's got that terrible style for everybody where he doesn't take damage and he lays on you, and, like, he, he puts an incredible pace on you, so, like, he'd be good for the playoff portion of that, too. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he chose to go that route. Um, you know, I, I'd still like to see him in the UFC. If, every time he fights, it's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, that, that contract expiring and there being options where he could make probably more money than the UFC is going to offer him, kind of a bummer. But, like, I, I think the door is definitely open for him to leave. Um, someone who's not leaving anytime soon. Probably, we probably have decades left of her. Because this is still the Macy Barber era, Dan. She uh, won 30, 27, 30, 27 over Montana De La Rosa. As I predicted, she was able to. Actually, no, I didn't predict that this would be a. a well, I, I guess it, it was predictable that, that it turned into an ugly fight, but I didn't think Barber would want decide that, uh, to show that she was a grappler, but her grappling uh, held up over De La Rosa, actually. 
she bested Del Rosa with her with her grappling. It was an ugly fight. It wasn't much fun to um, to watch. I had Barbara minus one ninety. Dan had Del Rosa, so I hit that one. This is um, I'm I'm in the midst of a nine fight winning streak right at this portion of the card. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm sure it warmed Dan's heart to see Macy Barber is back, and uh, actually she never left, but. Um, she is back, headed towards the title, five and two in the UFC, onwards and upwards. Man, I, I will say this about uh, about that fight is I was actually this this hurts this hurts a lot. I was actually <laughs> impressed with how physical and technical her grappling was. Like it it looked good, um, yeah. and like again, I I don't think she's anywhere near the level she needs to be to compete for no, the no. the title or anywhere close to it, right? Like, I, no. I still think the Aaron Blanchfields and Manon Firos and, and you know, Talia Santos's and uh, even the Andrea Lees of the division would just mop the floor with her. But, uh, yeah, like, that was – I mean, she, she looked like she outclassed somebody just outside of the – the top 15 so yeah at this point you have to assume she's actually pretty close to the top 15 or in it I mean she's actually in the UFC's top 15 so um yeah you know like she she showed she's worthy of that I would say so who you who you matching up with next Dan oh uh, hang on let me pull up the uh, UFC's top 15 because you've got to imagine I mean she just fought outside of the top 15 you have to imagine uh, that was the UFC's way of making sure she was back on track and actually good at what she's doing. So now she gets somebody back in there. Give her Andrea Lee, like you said. I, I actually think then she can get lit up on the feet. I actually think Jessica I is like a good name to circle. Um, okay, like somebody like Jessica I, or you know who you know who they probably actually will give her is Joanne Wood. Um, who's who's yeah. like fallen pretty steadily and doesn't quite look herself anymore, and could totally be outgrappled by Macy Barber. Like that, that's like just good matchmaking if you're in the turning Macy Barber into a star business. Also, I'm just looking at these rankings now. How in the world <laughs> do people have her ranked over Erin Blanchfield? Come on, yeah. like, like that. Oh, she's no, she's five and two in the UFC. That's right I don't there. I. Don't care. Like, she's not better than Aaron Blanchfield. <laughs> yeah, the rankings don't necessarily um, tell you who's better or worse, that's for sure. Um, do you feel bad that – it sounds like she had to go into therapy because of all the hate you were giving her on this podcast, Dan? Is, is that, that interview what after? She had mentioned you by hear, name, but – I didn't hear the interview after. They were talking no, about she, uh, the MMA Gambling podcast host. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> talk, about, talk about somebody helping her through her issues. But she had mentioned – Mention you by name, but I'm assuming it probably is you because everyone listens to this podcast. So, um, moving on, she's back one, to back. She's one of Gil- the 1.5 women who listen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she's one of those. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Andrade and Puelas got the uh, got the performance bonuses with their submissions. Then we had a couple other submissions, back to back submissions from French Canadians, Quebecois in the house, and we hit both these picks, which was which was good. They're both guillotine chokes as well. Um, Charles Jourdain minus 120. Guillotine choked Orlando Venata. He out out scrambled the scrambler. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. Like I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to say other than I'm very surprised Charles Jordan. Well, well, I guess you know like he he hit him on the feet too. Like it's it's yeah. worth noting that like he gets the guillotine choke here, but like some of it was set up with his hands. Um, yeah. but I'll also say this like man, it, he looked like he knew what he was doing on the ground with a guy who 
went three rounds with Tony Ferguson on the mat up a weight class in uh he couldn't handle Charles Jordan who looked man Charles Jordan continues to perplex me as a guy who I'm like is he really fucking good or is he not very good at all right because like, like yeah. what he did to Andre Ewell impressive as all hell what he did to Lando Venata great uh what he did to do who Choi, really, really, really good. His fight with Josh Kolobau, which ended in a draw, like kind of bad. He got Dars choked by Julian Juicy J Arosa. Like, I, I mean, like, man, like I just wish I could see what his actual real potential ceiling is because it, it, it's sort of hard to see right now. Yep. Hopefully we still get juicy minus 120 odds on him. Um, then Power Bar, one of our favorite nicknames, because we don't know what it means. Um, Marc-Andre Berriot, um, submission guillotine choke, 236 into the first round. Both these, yeah, both French-Canadian guys, both guillotine chokes, one of them at 232 in the first round, one of them at 236 in the first round. Back-to-back fights, pretty wild. Um, Marc-Andre Berriot, uh, guillotine choke, Dan's second favorite fighter, Jordan Wright, which I'm sure you were very happy at, uh, to see happen. Yeah, I mean, like, this is uh, this is what I needed uh, for the letdown I was eventually going to have in the Macy Barber fight. Uh, but it continues to prove that uh, Jordan Wright is kind of a weird uh, one-dimensional fighter who is just going to throw yeah. spinning shit and get a knockout or get beat in, like, the funniest way possible. Yeah, he's got <laughs> to catch some L's for a bit to uh, to even up um, his record from, from padding it to start off his career. So we had that minus 180. Uh, that was... The starting of the main card, then the prelims. Um, Sergey Kandosko versus Blake Grant. Fight of the night. Uh, Kandosko, Honda, um, TKO punches. Second round, 4-15 in. I had this one at minus 120, so I was happy to see that. He messed up Grant's eye. The, both guys actually uh, crack each other pretty good. Um, so it, it was anyone's fight until it wasn't. Yeah, and, and actually, it's worth noting, too, uh, as, as far as, uh, you know, sort of de- defending my, my pick here, Dwight Grant, he, he did win the first round uh, on every yes. single judge's scorecards. He looked damn good doing it. Like you said, they both cracked each other. They win fight of the night, uh, both of them taking home an extra uh, 50K. But, like, man, Dwight Grant, ah, man, he looks like the kind of guy who can beat so many people. And I, I think I said this in the breakdown, too, where it was like, there were times where it looked like he was going to beat D-Rod, right? And there was times where it looked like he was going to beat Francisco Trinaldo. And now there were times where it looked like he was going to beat Sergey Kandonsko. And, and now he's one in three in his last three. Like, I don't yeah. know what the future looks like for this dude. But, man, like, I feel like the ceiling is so much higher than it is for other people and he, that are going to keep getting shots. And I don't, I almost don't feel like he's going to get another one. Yeah, it, maybe this could be the end for him. Oh, I just saw a good headline, Dan. Macy Barber feels renewed confidence after UFC Vegas 52 win. I know I'm going to be the best in the world. How's Stellar. that? Feel, Dan? Se- I feel I feel great. Yeah. You, you didn't re- you didn't comment on the I sent you a picture of Macy Barber. Come on. Yeah, wait, I'm, that, I'm photobombing you with uh, Macy Barber stuff now because I know how much you. What, like it. Was that when she was pointing to her watch yes. for? Oh <laughs> yep. my god! And, yep. like, that's so irritating because it's clearly a reference to like the fact that she thought she was going to be the youngest champ, and like forever she's going to talk about like how she was 
going to be the youngest champ, but that, that damn knee injury, which is, yeah. of course, the only reason she lost to Roxanne Modafari. Although I don't think I've ever heard an excuse for why uh, Alexa Grasso beat the living shit out of her. <laughs> um, although, I, you know, I'm open, to, I'm open to listening to one. Exactly. Um, we, we hit this one, Dan, and we're back on the same page for the light heavyweights. Tyson Pedro on his return. Knockout. It's listed as a knockout. Leg kick and punches. Um, didn't really need the punches. The ref made him. Um, <laughs> I love the ref that. made him punch him, even though, like, Ike Villanueva was, seemed like he had quit already minutes before <laughs> after a leg kick, and then he finally collapsed after a leg kick, and the ref still wasn't enough. So it's nice to make sure how to... Uh, to lay his hands on him too, but um, Pedro looked very good in his return. We had him at minus 600. I would just say Pedro looked like I thought Pedro had the potential to look all along. Yeah. Um, which is, is sort of uplifting because, right, like this is a guy who I think a lot of people pegged as a future champ, and if not a future champ, like at least a future top five guy. Um, and then obviously the back-to-back losses, the, the four, nearly three-and-a-half-year layoff, like, this is a guy who TKO'd Paul Craig and rear naked choked Khalil Roundtree, and those were his first two fights in the UFC. So, you know, like, it's nice to see him back where he was. I, you know, I feel bad for Ike Villanueva because I'm like, I think he's like one of the nicest dudes on the planet, but like, it, it's yeah. clearly that, that you have to imagine that was the last one for him. Yeah, you'd, I want to say you'd hope, but um, yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be up. He, he got way more fights in the UFC than he should have. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, Pedro. Um, not turning 31 until later in the year, so let's, there's still plenty of time in a heavy uh, weight division like light, light heavyweight. So let's get this man some more fights. Let's get Kangaroo Paws out there, Dan. <laughs> we meant to see him. Uh, I, I love that nickname. <laughs> yes. Aori Chiling, as they were calling him on the podcast, on the, uh, on the broadcast. And who am I to say Daniel Carmier doesn't know how to say a name properly. So Aori Chiling, uh, TKO punches Cameron Else, someone else who kind of showed that he's not UFC at the UFC level. Cameron Ellis, 248 into the first round. We have this one, right, at minus 250. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most of what we said was true of this fight. Like, Aori had the grappling that he could fall back on if he needed it, but also we thought his hands were too good. It proved to be that. Yeah, it proved to be exactly yep. that. <laughs> yep, and that was that was the last um, positive result for Dan. Um we have Preston Parsons beating a very game, um, despite only having, what, four days' notice. Evan Elder, 30-26, 30-27, 30-27. Parsons, both, both guys look good. Um, Elder looked tough. Parsons looked very, very good in the grappling. Yeah, he, he did look really good in the grappling. I, it's another one of those instances where I probably need to take a little pause in picking the short-notice guy going up a weight class. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's two weeks in a row where I've taken somebody like that, and... Uh, their their grappling just didn't hold up quite as much as I thought it would. Um, and, it, and that does seem to be the area where it takes the biggest hit. Like, the grappling just doesn't seem to be there quite as much. But, you know, props for Parsons. Like, he, he continues to be a guy who has really impressed with the grappling, probably needs to work on his hands a little bit. But, uh, yeah, good for him. You got to trust the numbers, Dan. The stats say don't go with short-notice replacements. So. Um, and then – we lost the first two fights. Um, Felipe Lins finally got himself a UFC win. Um, 29-28, over Marcin Prochnio, who was looked like he was prepared for maybe a round and a half fight. Yeah, he he's always come out kind of like a bat out of hell. Like that, I, I think yeah. I said it in the breakdown. Like that's what cost him the fight against uh, Sam Alvey. 
Yeah. And I thought it was going to help him here because he was going to be pressuring a guy who is usually complacent. Lynn's looked really good, not just uh, in his ability to keep his composure, but also like, you know, throw enough to actually win a round, uh, which yeah. he hadn't been a heavyweight. But also he looked very good physically. I was impressed in, in the complete change yep. in in his body composition, which, by the way, we didn't get a chance to talk about Alexander Romanov's uh, change in his body composition. Did you see him at weigh-ins? No, I didn't. He, Did you know chunky guy? he is down 25 pounds. He only weighed in at 240, and he weighed in at a – I'm not going to say cut 240, but I'm going to say a very – a very strong looking 240. A sexy um, 240. I'm gonna send you a picture uh, <laughs> I, I, from my my Twitter account. Um, you, you you should look at what Romanov. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you uh, continue to to marinate on Felipe Lin's winning a fight, which is a weird thing. But um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna DM you the picture while we're recording and get right. your live reaction on the air um, because it it's right. nutty, man. No reason to talk more about this fight because we have the opener to talk about. Uh, Walter Wade, oh my Mike God. Jackson got his <laughs> second UFC win. One of the, the first one got overturned because of marijuana. This one he got DQ a win via eye gouging. Um, Dean Barry eye gouged him after kicking him in the crotch twice. So I guess three strikes you're out. Um, yeah, last the rules are all over the place, or, or the application of the rules are all all over the place. It was what was a a uh, no contest uh, in the past is now a DQ tonight. Uh, last night, it's strange. But anyhow, Mike Jackson got the win, and we lost this pick. Uh, we had him at minus 1,000, Dean Barry. Uh, so people at <laughs> Jackson at plus 625 are laughing. Um, if they had him at plus 625 to win in the first round, no, I'm sorry, if they had him to win in the first round, they must have got an insane number. But I don't think we really have to say anything about this fight. Neither guy really... Look like they are UFC caliber at this point. Uh, they definitely aren't. Um, but I would also say this very interestingly, because um, uh, there's a lot of things to come out of this. You're, you're right. D. Barry is not UFC caliber, which I thought he was he's, probably. He's fringe. not ready yet. That's all. Yeah, like I, I, he needs a ton more fights before he's ready. Like he, he should just be fighting for Cage Warriors right now. Like that, that's the bottom line. He yeah, sh- he needs three, four more fights for Cage Warriors. Probably a loss in there, like would help him. Um, and then he could fight in the UFC. I would also he lost say last that, night, bud. Oh, he did lose last night. <laughs> he, he, he lost last night, which is a wild sentence. Uh, Mike Jackson now two and one in the UFC. Uh, I don't care what you want to say about weed suspensions. He's two and yep. one in the UFC. It's that's true. That's wild that there's a world where that exists. Um, also that he's going to get a win bonus out of all of this and yep. probably a fourth fight, right? Like they're going to find another prospect. Yeah, on or, the or rerun this one. Or rerun this one or what? But like, t- tell me whether or not this is a hot take or not. Dean Barry Ooh. deserved to be disqualified. Like, yeah, after you kick like, guy in the in the balls twice and then do an eye poke, sure. Even if there was – people always want to claim uh, fighters are playing things up or acting, but if, like, you have no – Who proof, cares? You, you shouldn't who say cares? those things. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three, uh, three fouls within less than four minutes of the fight. I think that's uh, that's quite all right that, that, he, uh, that he lost the fight. Yeah, and I will also say this, too. Like, he, I, I don't know if you saw his statement immediately after about how he believed oh, that Mike – and did you did yeah. you see did you see the reaction to eventually what what came of uh, the hate he got for that statement though? 
No, I didn't know he got hate for it. That's good, though. So, yeah, yeah. Everybody saw that statement where he was like, Mike Jackson is faking on all three of the fouls I committed. <laughs> and uh, so he, he released some statement through, uh, you know, one of his interviews that he did afterwards. Got tons of hate. Dean Barry currently doesn't have a Twitter account. <laughs> he, he deleted his Twitter account after losing that fight. Oh, good. Good. Take that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Irish. All right. All right. Before we yes. before we move on and we we've completely abandoned this card. It's a go sexy your... two forty, Dan. That, that's, Dude, it, that's it, my decision. It is. It is a sexy two forty. Romanoff <laughs> is going to be a problem at two forty, man. Like that is. That's a dude who's going to hurt some people. Maybe he's going to end up at light heavyweight, Dan. Man, I don't even think I could wrap <laughs> my head around that. But like, but like two forty, Romanoff is already kind of a lot to wrap your head around. Yep. No kidding, no kidding, boy. Um, so that was that was that. Um, oh yeah, the results. I was nine and two. Oh, it started off bad. Um, lost that Dean Mary fight, and then I lost the Procneo pick. But then it turned around because um, it was a good night for for the uh, betting favorites, the chalk. Uh, not many. What? Which underdogs came through? Mike Jackson. Technically, he came through. Lynn's uh, <laughs> came through, and that is it we had a lot of like very close odds pick them type odds but technically the only two underdogs um came through in the first two fights and those does that mean, you, that does that mean you had all 11 favorites uh apparently yeah i, I <laughs> because i had uh, i had underdogs i had at least why well, i had Muderji. he fell off he was an underdog. Mm. oh that's, that's um right. yeah and puelis was it depends so he was underdog in some books i think i saw him at plus 100 or some places so um so yeah, um, hey, this year the I haven't put in this week's stats yet, but the the favorites are coming through big time uh, this year. Sixty nine percent this year, um, favorites are coming through. And what and what's your hit rate right now? Um, hit rate sixty nine percent. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I went nine and two. Dan went five and six. Uh, I won three forty nine. Dan lost three thirteen. So on the year, I'm at sixty nine percent, picking every fight. I'm up. Almost twelve hundred bucks now. Can you believe that? Seven point four percent return on investment. Dan fifty nine percent. Down twelve hundred bucks. So we're we're pretty much. Um, if I give you my money, we're even, Dan. There you go. That's what we're <laughs> doing then, for you guys out there. There you go. Uh, recommended plays. Dan had Manel Cape or Cop, but that fight fell. Oh yeah, he he said personal reasons, but then he posted and I think deleted saying that he got popped in a uh, in a drug test. So. Uh, nothing oh. official has been released. Oh, now yet, that but... you now that you mentioned it, I did see um, something about him uh, having the metab- same metabolites yes. as uh, John Jones did the the pulsing ones, and he had picograms. Yep. We're back to picograms, ladies and gentlemen. For Hopefully, the... it doesn't affect his brain like uh, it's affected John Jones's brain. <laughs> we don't need another one of those roaming the streets. We we do not. Nope. No. So, Dan, that one was a push. He didn't end up betting that. He, uh, 40 bucks on Puelish came through. 20 bucks on Procneo did not come through. So, Dan ended up up 1636, uh, one and one on his recommended place. So, on the year, recommended place, you're at 53%, up 109 bucks, 9% return on investment. But guess who's the king of recommended plays now, Dan? Me. I've taken over that as well. I went 4 0. Puelish, Jordan, Barrio, Pedro. Uh, all came through for me. 67-47 return on my plays. I'm 61% on my recommended plays, and I'm up 134 bucks and almost 11% return on investment. So I am the king of the world now. Dan? 100, uh, you're up 134, and what am I on? 
109, so it's very it's neck and neck. Okay, okay, I can get that back. All right, just exactly. making sure I can get that back. <laughs> All right, so that that is the UFC. They got another event, of course, coming up on uh, on the weekend. Rob Font versus Marlon Vera, Chito Vera. We will um, we're not not going to do anything with that now because we got to give you some PFL picks. This is going to be a long ass podcast. First, stable duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to, to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win over at StableDuel. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is where bettors find the best odds and turn the hard wood into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship future futures all playoff long. Playoffs long. This allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, Loyalty Rewards Program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Just don't sell your Phoenix Suns futures yet. All right. Moving on. We're going to give you some PFL picks. PFL 2022 season, week two of the regular season is going down, like I said, on this Thursday. Um, 5.30 p.m. Eastern is the start time. It is on ESPN2, the main feed, uh, ESPN Plus, for the prelims. And it's happening in Arlington, Texas. So um, it is this week we've got the heavyweights and the featherweights, but Dan wants us to ignore the heavyweights. <laughs> Explain to the people why you don't want to break down uh, the heavyweights. So first of all, it would be a ten fight card if we were breaking down everybody. So we're uh, long enough. Yeah, yeah, we're we're nearing the end of an episode as is. But here's the reason I will mostly say that is as a rule when I was looking at uh, the heavyweight fights. First of all, odds very wide on almost all of the heavyweight fights. Um, okay. You know, you got Henan Faria at negative 400. You got Bruno Capazzola at negative 500. You got Ante Dehia at negative 400. Uh, you got Dennis Goltsoff at negative 500. So, like, we are that, – that's all but one heavyweight fight that I just gave you right there where the closest odds um, that you can find anywhere is negative 400. So uh, here's here's my hot take on if you want my heavyweight picks. Take the favorite. <laughs> there you go. Why is this a recorded event again, Dad? And all the favorites it, won. It's not a recorded event, but I will just <laughs> Are say, you like, sure though, uh, who, who knows? Um, that that was PFL Challengers, which I almost see as a completely different event. But like, here's what I will say: like, I I think these heavyweight fights have not been properly booked, um, and they are just trying to get like the guys who should have a win a win, um, and they're all going to get it. So, yeah, I, I would just say, like, I don't know, ignore it. Ignore it. All right. 
but you like the featherweights. I love the featherweight matchups. I think they're so good. All right, let's let's make some picks then. Well, Dan made picks. Some of these some of these guys I know, but I don't know the first one we're going to do. Alejandro Flores and Saba Bolaji. Um, Flores is El Galito. Do you know what that means, Dan? Uh, the little G-A-L-L-I-T-O. cookie. Cookie. <laughs> the rooster. Oh, uh, so, so close, Dan. If you the change rooster. that I to an E, I believe I believe it is Tiny Cookie. Oh, Tiny Cookie. All right. It's, uh, Galleta. <laughs> it's about Balaji versus. He's fourteen, two and one, three knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his PFL debut. He's coming in off of two straight wins. Uh, last one via knockout. Don't have his reach stats, uh, unfortunately. Plus one twenty-five. Rooster Man Flores, uh, nineteen to three, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked at once, submitted twice, so all of his losses have come via finish. He's one and zero in PFL. He's won three straight fights. He was on the Contender Series where we went zero and one. He's two years younger than Balaji, three inches of height uh, in his advantage. Minus one fifty-five. What can you tell us? So first of all, I would say uh, we we should not worry too much about uh, the fact that uh, uh, Flores lost on the Contender Series because he did lose to Rafael Alves, who has now beat Mark Diacasey since then. Um, so like a legit loss. But I'm still gonna go dog in this first fight. Really? I like so, I, I like Saba Balaji. Uh, here, here's what I'll say about him: he was a uh, German national team wrestler, so he's a yeah. guy who's got a really good wrestling base. And if you look at his record too, he's fought some like dudes. Um, and, and like, I mean, it, it's hard to say like most of the guys he's fought are like high level guys. They all have really great records. And if you look at most of them, a lot of the good things he's doing are that he's just getting people down and working them once he's there. Uh, and, and I think, don't get me wrong. Like I, I think Flores is tough. I think he's maybe got the better hands here, which is probably why, uh, he's favorited in, in this fight, but I, I think he might possibly have issues with the ground game with uh, with Balaji. So I, I'm going to take a stab at my first underdog play of this card. I, I like uh, the the. I mean, a, a national team wrestler sometimes doesn't mean everything, but Germany's sometimes got some decent wrestlers. So like being a national team wrestler from Germany actually means something. This is a very big card for wrestlers, uh, as you see coming up. And Dan also um, had a teaser there. He said his first underdog pick, meaning there could be more. Um, moving on, Shaman Marais versus Boston Salmon. Two names I do, do know because they used to be in the UFC. Um, Salmon's nickname is Boom Boom. He's 8-3 with five knockouts. He's been knocked out himself twice. He's 1-0 in PFL. He's won two straight fights. He went 0-2 in the UFC. He 1-0 in the Contender Series. Inch of height on Marias and half an inch of reach, plus 160. Shaman Marias, 13 and 5, six knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice in his career. He's 5 and 3 in PFL slash World Series of Fighting. Uh, he won his last two fights. He went 2 and 3 in the UFC. Used to fight down at Bantamweight. Uh, he's a kickboxing champion, minus 200. Yeah, this is the other one. This is the other dog. Oh, okay. This is the other dog pick I'm going to pick. I really like Boston. Is that why? Well, I really like Boston Salmon down a weight class or up a weight class. Um, like a, a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, like him, him being at Bantamweight and having like a ton of knockout power at Bantamweight, which he did. Like if you looked at his RFA fights back in the day, like he was knocking dudes out back then. 
But, like, also, do you know Boston Salmon is the first guy ever to get a Contender Series contract? Oh, was he the first one? Huh. The first ever Contender Series contract. Do you know who he beat in that fight? No, of course not, he, Dan. He, he beat Ricky Tercios. Oh, uh, I know that guy, that weird guy, the funny which weird is, guy. Which is very crazy. And now, like, I actually think up a weight class, he's going to be so much more dangerous. Um, and, and we saw a little bit of that. Um, so he had to fight on the, the PFL Challenger Series to get into this. So he fought like a month and a half before this event. And my goodness, did he look much better up at, at Featherweight. I, I think he looks like he probably always should have. Uh, he's got more energy. He looks like he can push that pace. And I don't think the knockout power went away. He got a stoppage. It was a corner stoppage from just, like, doing damage to the face. But, like, I, I think he is a dangerous dude. And I think the thing about Shaman Marias is, like, he's also always been dangerous too, but he's also been hittable. Uh, and if you, like, look at a lot of his losses – like, they're, they're the people who just touched him up, right? Like, Andre Feely really touched him up pretty badly in that fight, and he ate a ton of punches from Sadiq Youssef. And, yeah, those guys are definitely better than Boston Salmon, but, like, man, like, he, he just gets hit kind of too much for me. Uh, so, yeah, I like Boston Salmon here as, as another underdog in this this uh, card. Not only are we giving you PFL picks, but Dan's trying to to get you a bunch of plus money here. Plus 162. That, that would be a, a nice score if it comes through. All right. Speaking of wrestlers, uh, I told you more wrestlers are coming up. Uh, Kyle Bochniak versus Bubba Jenkins. Um, Bochniak, Crash, Jenkins, Batman. Um, Bochniak, 11-5, two knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished. This is his PFL debut. He's won three straight fights. He went 2-5 in the UFC. Used to fight up at lightweight, plus 205. Bad man, Bubba Jenkins, 16-4, six knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted twice, so he's been finishing all of his losses. He went 2-1 PFL. He lost his last fight in the playoffs, I think that would have been. Um, he was 8-3 in Bellator before this. He was a brave champ also. He used to fight also. He used to fight up at lightweight. He, I have him listed as a wrestling champion. It's way more that he was a uh, not just a collegiate wrestling champion, but he also was a, a world uh, wrestling champion. Made his MMA debut in 2011, minus 265 coming back on him. Yeah, so I'm going to take a little bit of my own advice here and not take the guy who is fighting on short notice. Uh, Bubba Jenkins here was supposed to fight Sunbin Joe, um, who, who's pretty fun and exciting to watch, and I actually kind of like that fight better. Um, than this one with Bochniak. Because, look, I, I really like Bochniak. We've seen that he can do well against wrestlers occasionally. Um, like, he, he did really well, like, uncharacteristically well against Zabit Magomed Sherboff. But, like, I, I just don't think on short notice he's, like, a good match here for Bubba Jenkins, who I, I, I think is just going to absolutely out-wrestle him on every single chance. Like, Charles Rosa out-wrestled Bochniak. Like, I think... Bubba Jenkins should have no problem doing so. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the the big favorite here in Bubba Jenkins. I think you know the loss he had in the playoffs last year to Chris Wade, who by the way we'll talk about momentarily, um, kind of fluky because he's beaten guys who uh, should give him more trouble in the wrestling than Chris Wade. Um, but like ultimately Chris Wade did a much better job. Uh, but Bochniak should not give him any trouble. All right. There you go. Um, Dan did my job and told you that um, he was taking a short notice, which I did not have a listed. So thank you, Dan, for uh, filling in there. All right. Um, 
you mentioned Chris Wade. Let's talk about Chris Wade, shall we? He's fighting Lance Palmer in another tournament fight. Palmer, do you know Palmer's nickname? There's a couple. There's good nicknames in this in this fight, Dan. Um, let's see. Hang on one second, because I've interviewed Lance Palmer before. Is he the the party? Yes, he is the, the party. party Lance, Dan. Lance the party Palmer. <laughs> yes. Do you know um, two nicknames for Chris Wade? Yeah, so he's got one. It's the Long Island Strangler. No, killer, but close. Oh, okay, yeah, same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself that one. <laughs> and, and the other nickname I stole from him, the Dagestan Milk Stomper. The Dagestan Milk Stomper. That's is what his I nick, is his nickname? <laughs> yes, correct. That that is. No, it's my nickname now, but yes, yes. Uh, that one is pretty. Uh, I I don't. Uh, I don't know why that would be, um, but sure, sure, why not? Well, have me on your top turtle MMA show sometime, Dan, and I'll tell you why. How I got it's, the Dagestan Milk Stomper you, nickname. You, you want to hear? You want to hear a weird spoiler alert for this week's sure. uh, top turtle MMA podcast? It's it's too bad I didn't know about that before I interviewed Chris Wade for this week's top turtle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Here we go. All right, let's just break her down. The party first. Lance Palmer, uh, twenty-two and five with one knockout, eight submissions. He's been submitted once. That's the only time he's been stopped in 27 pro fights. 15 and 5 combined in World Series of Fighting slash PFL. He's a two-time PFL champion. He also was a champion in World Series of Fighting. Uh, he lost his last two fights. He was a wrestling champion in college. He made his debut in 2011 in MMA, plus 105. All right, they got Dagestan Milk Stomper, Chris Wade. Uh, 20 and 7, one knockout, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's 8 and 5 in PFL slash WSOF. Uh, he's gone three and two over his last five fights, lost his last fight. Um, used to fight up at lightweight. He was in the UFC where he went five and two. He made his pro debut in 2011. He's got four inches of height, one inch reach on Palmer, minus 135. Yeah, worth noting Chris Wade left the UFC on his own volition, too, because yeah, he's with coming a five off. Five and two record, it doesn't get you cut, usually. Yeah, coming coming off a win, too. Um, yeah. and, and he didn't fight too good of dudes. Like, I mean, beat Chris Osiagos and Matty Bogdad and. Um, but like his losses were to Rusam Habilov and Islam Makashev, uh, which is not not an easy resume at all. Um, anyway, uh, back to my original uh, point here, which is making a pick. I'm going to take Chris Wade, the slight favorite here. Um, look, the the biggest issue I have with Lance Palmer is that when he has trouble wrestling somebody, he loses a fight. Like, that, that's just a fact. Like, he lost to Bubba Jenkins. He lost to Movalid Kabulev. Uh, he, if you want to go way, way back to World Series of Fighting, he lost to Andre Harrison, who didn't let him wrestle him. Like, if he can't wrestle the, the guy he's fighting, he loses. Chris Wade stuffed Bubba Jenkins, and that's all I need to know to say that Chris Wade has the ability to stuff Lance Palmer and will win this fight. Boom. There you go. That's very, very sure of yourself with this pick, Dad. So it's going to blow up in your face more than likely, right? Um, not, not, not usually. Although he does have the top turtle MMA stink that you you talk That's about. True, he has that stank <laughs> on him. Is he going to stomp the Dagestan milk out of? Uh, out of I Paul don't. Though? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even begin to have an idea of what that means. He probably he probably trades with Dagestani guys, right? There's a lot of them in Long Island, right? No, that, that's where all the that's where all the Georgians are, right? Isn't that? Oh yeah, okay, right, right, right. Georgian right. dudes, and by the way, yeah. you should not get those two confused. Oh no, <laughs> I'm going to start an international incident here. Yeah, they they don't they don't like being Russian, like being 
called Russian. Like that's a that's a big no no. <laughs> yes, it's not. Yeah, not many people right now want to be called Russian, but <laughs> that, that's but also true. That's also but, true. We're uh, we're lefty cucks, so what do we know? <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to our main the, event? You want to name the episode? <laughs> yeah, I think I've already done that once, so I save it for a, a rainy day. Um, this isn't the main event, but it's our main event, uh, co-main event. Brandon Lochnane versus Ryoji Kudo is the last featherweight fight we're going to break down. No nicknames on other guy. Uh, Kudo, 10-2-1 with six knockouts, never been finished in a fight. This is his PFL debut. He's gone 7-1 over his last eight fights. However, the one, the loss, came in his last fight. He used to fight up at lightweight. He's four years younger than Lochnane. Don't have reach info on him. Plus 375. Brandon Lochnane, 21 and 4, 12 knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight as well. So we may have a decision one here if you want to play some props. 4 and 1 in PFL. He lost his last fight, which would have been in last season's playoffs. He was 1 and 0 in the Contender Series. 0 and 1 in the UFC, way, way, way back in the day. He made his pro debut in 2010, two inches taller than Kudo, minus 500. Yeah, I would just say this. Uh, Nobody has been screwed by the UFC quite like yep. Lochnane. Uh, yeah, why one, he he got one fight back in 2012, uh, yep. lost a unanimous decision. They didn't like it. Um, he then turns around, gets a fight on Contender Series, beats Bill Algio, like a, a yep. legit UFC dude in Bill Algio. And uh, you forget that this is the one where uh, Dana White didn't like that he wrestled at the end of it uh, instead of going for the finish. Yeah. Um. And as a result, didn't sign him. Uh, winds up being like one of the worst passes ever by uh, Dana White because he, he's good. He's really damn good, and he should have no problem with Ryoji Kudo here. Don't get me wrong. Kudo's clearly got some like skills, and he's got. I would say he's got really good punching power. Like is is maybe one of the things I like about him the best. Um. But ultimately, like I just don't think he's as sharp of like a boxer and. As I kind of mentioned, Longmane uh, can wrestle a little bit, which I, I think people forget about all the time and what he does is that, like, while he is an excellent striker, I, like, totally wouldn't be surprised if he decided to go out there and wrestle Kudo. So, um, yeah, the, the answer is Longmane all day here. And, like, yeah, does the, the big number kind of scare me away? Sure, but uh, he, he's still going to win this fight. There you go. Boom. Looking forward to the card, Dan? I actually am, uh, and I will say this too, like, while I said I didn't want to break down any of the heavyweight fights because they uh, kind of all suck, there are three of these heavyweights that I thoroughly enjoy watching. Like, I love watching Dennis Galtzoff. I, I think he is probably the most underrated heavyweight on the planet. Um, Ante Delia is, is coming off of, he won the championship last year, he's super good. Um, and Henan Faria is a guy who I've sort of expected was going to be the champion of um, PFL. Like, I, I thought he was going to be the guy who, like, ran away with it. He was a RFA? LFA. One, one of those. I think it was Maybe LFA. Um, champion. Oh, and I just messed up, too. Uh, De Gea did not win the championship. Bruno Capel Loza won it, uh, yes. who was also fighting on this card. Would that be yep, said? main event, I think. Yep. Um, but Dehila, uh did beat a guy who's on the uh, Ultimate Fighter this year coming up. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, tough. Yeah, it no, all comes, comes back to tough. Which, by the way, did you know starts in a week? Oh boy, I may, yeah. I may watch the um, the actual fights this year. We'll see. 
not all the other nonsense, but the fights at the end. They still will, have fights at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I will tell you, there are some, um, both some some flyweights and some heavyweights, both that I kind of enjoy watching. All right, um, there you go. Yeah, like in the the one who lost to uh, the one who lost to Dehila, uh is really good, um, and probably will will put on a show. But uh, anyway, back to my original point, Henan Faria. Yes. Uh, was one of the, the the guy who like did not benefit from that very weird result with uh, Fabrizio Verdum, and it like kind of threw him off the whole season of PFL last year, uh, and didn't wind up working out for him. Uh, but he should like be a contender to win in PFL this year again. There you go, boom, boom, boom. So check that out Thursday, five thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, I know Jong and, and the, the Jens in, in our SGPN Slack uh, will definitely be watching it. Uh, make sure you get in there. Um, yeah, Thursday, because there's fights. Uh, PF Bellator is running this week, what, Friday, Saturday? I'm not sure what day they're running. They're running this weekend, though. Um, UFC's running. So, yeah, get in the Slack. There's always lots of fun in there. Uh, have you gone long enough, Dan? Anything else? Anything else you want to get these people? I think you got it all. We Sure, you got it all, Dan. We 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 are a team. We both got it all. All right. Um, what do I need to? What homework do I need to give you, people? Um, Twitter. I'm Jeff Fox, writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Uh, we we both write for the Sports Gambling Podcast dot com um, site. So make sure you go there. Read all our MMA, baseball, NBA. Of course, there's a ton of NFL stuff. All that stuff is on there. Make sure you go to the to go to the site. Make sure you, you subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get us in your ears the second we drop it. Uh, the episode. Um, my site, moneymma.substack.com. You can check out all the payouts for this uh, past fight weekend. Pick'em contest will be going up tomorrow for for next week's UFC fight card. Lots of fun stuff. So so head o- over there. And then Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA Podcast and Prelim Primer, but more on that on our Wednesday show because because uh, he'll tell us uh, who's on the show and all that at that point. So, all right, that's enough. Um, he is Gumby Vreeland. I am the Dagestan Milk Stomper, Jeff Fox, and we will be back in your ear holes or rubber hole you want us in on Wednesday. Bye.